but we've just started recording. We are good to go. This is an episode we've been waiting for for a very, very long time. And you know, it's good that we said things a little out of order because we're getting a little experimental, a little improvisational, a little atonal and arrhythmic, perhaps a even polyrhythmic, a little guttural, a little soulful, a little spiritual, uh, maybe a little funky later on, maybe a little, uh, a little rocky. Um, all these things and more can be found in the very broad genre of jazz. So that's what that's what we're doing this evening. We're doing some jazz. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't find a suitable uh, avant-garde jazz noise band to play for the episode, though I did try um, the shortest avant-garde jazz noise band song I could find was 45 minutes long. And it was just someone screaming into a saxophone for 45 minutes while someone read poetry. But that's okay. That's okay. I've it, I've discovered a whole... We will rebuild. We will rebuild. So, unfortunately, instead of that, what you guys have to listen to today is some jazz standards, some tunes, some grooves, some 13th chords, maybe a couple ninths, maybe a couple 13-8 rhythms. Who can say? We're breaking all the rules today, just like our jazz forefathers did long ago just like the hosts of jazz break did like that sign on the radio window <laughs> what their show is consider to be our show tonight correct because that's us now we're taking a break from music and playing jazz instead I guess so. <laughs> well, what's our first one, Isaiah? Our very first one is an absolute classic. It's off. Uh, it's it's by Charles Mingus. It's off his appropriately titled album, Mingus, 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 Mingus. Not kidding. <laughs> Dang. And um, it is, of course, uh, it is called Monin. And just prepare yourself to get into the jazz spirit. Oh, my God. 
WGMU, the problem with a jazz episode is that a lot of the songs are just 18 years long. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Charles Mingus, uh, it would not be a great radio episode if we played 18 minutes of, uh, well, I think he played bass. I, was, I don't know who's playing the saxophone played there. Played the Mingus. <laughs> he played the Mingus. He played the jazz. He played a little something called Third Stream, which is very confusing, especially uh, when they talk about how Charles Mingus coined it, because the first rule of Third Stream is it is not jazz with strings, and he plays the stand-up bass. So I I do not know what that means. But the, in, the important part of Third Stream is it involves a lot of heavy improvisation and not a lot of writing your music, which is that's that's fine with me. Uh, this, Mingus is also known for being pretty big in the free jazz movement, which is, uh, or I'd say Ornette Coleman's a little better, but I don't think we have any Ornette Coleman in this episode. I'm not sure. But he did a lot more free jazz, which is when you just play notes as they come and allow them to carry you where they will. It's pretty live. I like that. Um, I can't think of many instruments actually named after people. I guess there's like the Moog synthesizer. I assume mm-hmm. that was a per Moog was a person. Yeah. Uh, but imagine if we were fortunate enough to have a Mingus that we could play on air. <laughs> well, there is a. I want to say it was Ornette Coleman. He had like a really weird looking trumpet because. He apparently dropped it, or not Ornette Coleman, who am I thinking of? Guy with the big scary uh, cheeks that he played trumpet. Oh. Scary cheeks, jazz man. Um, Kevin Spacey Dizzy? came up. It's Dizzy, not... yeah, it's Dizzy Gillespie. Well, we've got him coming up later in the episode, right? All right, well, we all, I'll talk about his instrument later, but I there's another name for it, but it's pretty eponymous with Dizzy Gillespie what his trumpet looks like um, and I wouldn't be surprised if some would call it the Dizzy Trumpet or something or even the Dizzy Gillespie or even the Gleshkenspiel <laughs> that's top notch instrument the cheek horn the, the, che- <laughs> the my cheeks are so massive horn that is what they call it <laughs> That's it's been known by that from time to time um, we can't get too into into dizzy. Yes, not but. yet. We'll get there eventually. Um, what we've got up next is a song by someone who we've played music by before. Somehow we haven't played the most normy song of all, though. Uh, strangely enough, you know what that is, Isaiah? Could it be none other than Louis, as Scatman John once said? It could be. And you know what they say, it's 2018, it's time we stop calling him Louie. And by that I don't mean it's time we start calling him Lewis. I think it's about time we start calling him Clark Leg Week. <laughs> you know? I don't, but I'm sure I'll be filled in. Alrighty, well, without further ado, this is the normiest song of them all, What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. I see trees of green, red roses too. 
WGMU, that was Louie with What a Wonderful World. Uh, we could have played another version of that featuring Kenny G, which is also pretty superb, but we figured we'd keep things pure, so we went with the OG, and man, is that smooth as heck, but man. Is, it's also pretty normy. I'll say, but well, that's okay. We have played uh, Dumb Dumb Dummy, and some other less normie Louis songs, so I think we're good on that front. Jazz Break would have to give us their approval. I agree. Uh, we should have had him on to let him criticize our bad taste in jazz. I could very well be wrong about this, but I think one of the hosts of that show is one of the hosts of the show that's going oftentimes when I come out of my physics class. And two weeks in a row, one week they had Hell. And the next week they had Jerry Connolly. Uh, so if they are the same people, I got to say they're doing radio pretty well. Man, all we've had is current Guar member Sleazy P. Martini and Vaporwave expert James Swiggity Swowden Bowden. You're right. And uh, well, we had Santa's Elf that one time as well. Hopefully one day we can at least get Anne Hell. But that is a discussion for another day. Do you think we could get Santa Claus himself to come in here next winter? I bet we could do it. I hope so. That'd Speaking be a good of time. which, you know what's a good wish, Isaiah? What <laughs> to marry Santa Claus? Yes, I agree. Um, but ballet you, slippers are not a good wish. Not a good wish at all. Especially if your father's poor. Especially if you're in the movie The Greatest Showman. Marrying Santa Claus doesn't cost anything. In fact, you'll probably get a fat dowry 
from marrying Santa Claus, like a nice big old pile of toys goes to your father's household. I believe that's what happens. Is that the scientific term for a flock of toys, a dowry? No, a dowry is what you get. Well, in the olden days, a dowry would be like, I will offer 10 goats for your daughter's hand in marriage. And then the father would sell his daughter to you. And that's how marriage worked for a while. When, when people say marriage used to just be a form of property exchange, it was. <laughs> but that's okay. True. We don't do that no more. Well, previously we've played Louie in the Scary Voices episode. I can't remember specifically what song, but I hear Isaiah's got a lot to say about Louis. Oh, well, I mean, in, in the beginning, when I was a wee laddie, I used to refer to that song as the monster song while driving in the car with my parents because we had a CD with that on it, <laughs> and we'd ask them to play that from time to time. Um, and that was always the monster song because <laughs> his voice is so scary. Um, but the real the real tale about that song is I took jazz piano lessons for about two-ish years, I think. Maybe three, maybe one, somewhere in that range. Doesn't matter. But that was one of the first songs I learned on jazz piano. And it's not a particularly hard song. It is hard to improvise around, like, seventh chords and stuff in the key of F. But not terrible either. But... I hadn't really practiced, like, at all, as I was often wont to do for piano lessons. And I had a piano recital coming up in the uh, retirement home or senior center or whatever you call them these days. And it was like a winter show. And I was sitting there struggling my way through What a Wonderful World on piano. And an old lady loudly whispered. I don't know how you whisper loudly. But she loudly whispered to her friend, whose name was probably Eunice, and she said, Look at his hands! They're so big! And it was enough to distract me into hitting a wrong chord, and I was just thrown off for the, <laughs> the rest of the entire song. So long Dang. story short, I bet uh, I'm going to go with Janice and Eunice. Those were their names. They did not help me in my piano upbringing, and that's why I haven't played piano in many a year i figured that if a geriatric woman was talking bad about your playing it would have been that it's a pretty normy thing to do to play what a wonderful world That's at your true. first ever jazz recital <laughs> that's that why correct. we played it second instead of first that's true see we learned from our mistakes we didn't have any old women in the studio with us to tell us how large our hands are or really comment on any aspect of our bodies um, related to piano or not. And, yeah, it's just a top-notch way to play Louis is not in the presence of uh, people who are going to whisper loudly about your hands. If, I, if, if you guys take one thing away from this episode, it's don't, don't play any song by Louis Armstrong if you think even if you think even a little bit that the person you're playing that song to is going to comment on the size of your hands that's uh that's my key uh major key moment for tonight's episode uh well i have another major key moment for tonight's episode this is a thing i could probably bring up at 
practically any other point in the episode because I'm sure at least one other artist is from Chicago or had a lot to do with Chicago at one point or another. Obviously, Louie is from Louisiana, as you hear in Scatman's song, Yeah, Yeah, or whatever it's actually called. Scatman's World, I think. Incorrect. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't be too bold because I can't think of what it's called, but it is not Scatman's World. Scatman's World is too much about Scatman and not enough about Louie. Uh, too oh much well. Armstrong, not enough Louie, as they say. Exactly. But my point is, is Louie eventually moseyed his way on over to Chicago, and something I've been very vocal about in the past few weeks and really my entire life is... Not a show from Iceland in this one case, I promise. It is actually the Midwestern United States. And something I'm seeing just now for the first time is that until 1984, the Census Bureau called the Midwest the North Central Region. And I literally don't know how they went so wrong as to change <laughs> the name from that. The, the only thing... Midwestern about the Midwest is that it is mid. It's it's pretty respectably mid, I'll give them that, but it is not Western by any regard. I would dare say it is slightly more East than it is West. The only thing it's West of is the Atlantic, just like the entire country. Um, if they wanted to be more accurate, they could call it the mid well, yeah, the north, the mid north, or the west east, or the right west. The west east. Yeah, aka the mid. <laughs> Don't call it the midwest. Maybe it's like how you know how a lot of maps from ye olden days always have uh, England or Britain as the dead center of the map because mm -hmm. that's where they made it. Maybe the U.S. Census Bureau just kept along with that, and the Midwest is the middle of America. And it is, in fact, in the Western world, as in west of the UK, as opposed to the Eastern world, which is, you know, China and Japan and, and such. True. That's probably what they meant when they said Midwest. It's I think it's a bunch of hoo-ha. Whatever excuse they have is not good enough. First off, uh, well, not first off, but... It says Chicago and its suburbs form the largest metropolitan statistical area, which means Chicago is the most significant, and Chicago is fairly east in the Midwest itself. I don't know. It's dumb. Uh, the other regions of the U.S. are the northeast. That is perfectly fine. I, I agree with that. The western U.S., which it's kind of bold to have a Midwest and a western and the the south, um, it's just dumb. They should go back to it being called the North Central. Do you think the Midwest would try to secede if there was a civil war as, uh, as a singular state like Texas? No, I don't think so. I don't think they're smart enough to do that because if they were smart enough to do that, they would have changed their name. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they will secede and then become the North Central, except... They won't even have to be the anything because they'll be separate. Before Manifest Destiny, the Midwest was just the West. Maybe that's why. Dang. 
that while they could also they could keep the name to spite the U.S. and show them that it was a dumb name. Just call themselves the West, and then California is the real, real, real West. The doctor is real, real West. West. <laughs> You're right. Kanye and Kim need to pump out a real sometime soon, or a <laughs> mid. Well, this has been a long chunk. This is very on topic of Louie. But now we are to the dizzy part of the episode. What is the next song, Isa? Well, speaking of real West and being real in, this song also has something to do with peanuts because it's called Salt Peanuts by Dizzy Gillespie. WGMU, that was Salt Peanuts by Dizzy Gillespie. And I was doing a little bit of reading on the Salt Peanuts Wikipedia page because, you know, we don't really research until the song is playing. And I'd just like to read to you guys a quick quote off Wikipedia 
The trumpet playing on the Red Hot Chili Peppers song, Hump De Bump, quotes the song. I was unaware that trumpets could quote songs. I thought that was just ripping off a melody, but who can say for sure? I'm going to do some quoting of, you know, other various songs on my own songs, and we'll be good according to copyright. I'll show them this legal document. Maybe if you classify any papers or assignments you write in college in the future as music, you can just quote other things and you'll be good. (laughs) That's true. Uh, You know, there's lots of good references on the bottom. There's no citation for the trumpet quoting the song, so I, I can neither confirm nor deny that a trumpet was quoted as playing Salt Peanuts. Well, in the Red Hot Chili Peppers defense, Dizzy was quoting presumably a package, so... (laughs) He wasn't quoting. He was verbal exhorting, according to Wikipedia. Gutterly uttering? No, you're thinking of verbal exhortations. The verbal exhortation, Salt Peanuts, Salt Peanuts, is closely identified with Dizzy Gillespie. <laughs> nah, the I, I've heard uh, Salt Peanuts many a time, and I've never thought of Dizzy Gillespie. Well, this isn't terribly related at all, but <laughs> I I remembered partially through that song that while I was at Goodwill years ago working, um, I found a CD in the CD tray bin thing called Jazz for Kids, and I <laughs> dreamed that one day we would play an entire episode based on Jazz for Kids. It is kind of shocking we don't have a single Jazz Kids YouTube song in this. I agree, and um, maybe maybe we will still do it someday, but... Uh, it just wasn't in the cards as jazz for kids is a pretty fleeting genre. But I did find the lyrics to Boogie Woogie Piggy from season 14 of Barney the Dinosaur uh, between various season 14 episodes, so no specific one. It was such a banger. It was just in almost every one. <laughs> and the lyrics are as follow. Boo shoo, wada bop bop, voye voye. Bop, bop. So I I think that's a little something we can all take home from this episode. I don't know what that means. I don't know what Barney meant by this. But I'm I'm glad I read it. And thank you for joining us on All Things Considered. (laughs) And I'm glad you found another way to make it to the Barney Wiki. (laughs) (laughs) There's really no excuse not to get to the Barney Wiki from any episode. The best excuse not to get to the Barney Wiki is to get to the Binky Wiki instead. <laughs> the Binky Wiki? Is there such a thing? I don't think so, but hopefully in the future. Wow. Almost misspelled Binky. I know. Tragic. All you, of our viewers You do a lot known. of Binky talk for not being able to spell. Well, I see your confusion. His name is Shelley with an E before yeah, the Y. See, that's so what I was the, thinking. I see. However, I did not mean to get you onto Binky by bringing up <laughs> Binky. I apologize. No, that's that's all right. Um, our next song is from a show that also features a prominent dog character, and it is Linus and Lucy by the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Uh-huh. 
WGMU. That was Linus and Lucy by the Vince Giraldi Trio, or Giraldi, or Giraffe. No one knows how to say it. And, of course, the famous uh, franchise involving a famous dog that we were talking about earlier was Dog with a Blog. So here we are on the Dog with a Blog Wikia, and we're on the page about Dog with a Blog episodes that include innuendos. And in case you were unaware, there's a nice little synopsis of what an innuendo is. It is a portion of jokes and content that is aimed to older teens and young adults in order to attract these viewers to the show. Now, I, sorry, well, what were you sorry. Say? I mean, I, I do agree with that. However, and I won't spoil the one that you're going to get to. Um, I, I was of the belief before this that innuendos were specifically of sexual connotation. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's more just when you say one thing, but it has a double meaning. I think that's all an innuendo is. It doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. But mm. these are certainly – dog with a blog gets pretty raunchy. I don't <laughs> I don't want to freak you guys out or anything, but um, – well, here we go. For example, <laughs> in – in my favorite episode of Dog with a Blog, Stan talks to Gran. When Stan says that the kids want embarrassing stories about their dad, <laughs> Gran replies, I'm sure the housekeeper has plenty of those. And I I know what you're thinking, fellas. Oh, the housekeeper has plenty of those. That probably just means that the housekeeper knows lots of embarrassing stories. But <laughs> you got innuendoed by Dog with a Blog. According to one user of wikia.fandom.com, uh, what that means is because a housekeeper usually does things like cleaning, more specifically laundry, it implies that Bennett had frequent nocturnal emissions as an adolescent. And that user's name was none other than Walt Disney himself. <laughs> so you consider that canon. Um. There's one citation on this whole article, and it's on that, and the reference tag could not be found. There are no citations on that whatsoever. <laughs> um, but even more bizarrely, I guess the innuendos in season one were just getting too raunchy for even Walt Disney himself to handle, because season two only has an innuendo in the episode Halloween, which uh, when Tyler talks to a girl... He says that she is 6E, implying that he is sexy. Wow. So, and we wouldn't have gotten to this conversation if we hadn't played Linus and Lucy from Dog with a Blog. So I'm very glad we got to it. However, as the viewers probably know, that is actually from Peanuts. And even more shocking is that we somehow failed to make the connection between playing a song called salt peanuts and playing a song from peanuts so who knows who can say uh we do have a commercial so if we got anything more to say we can get to it after this but enjoy hey it's luca you're listening to wgmu turn into my show jazz break tuesdays from 6 p.m to 7 p.m where i'll be playing all the jazz standards from hot gypsy swing cool bossa nova and everything in between take a trip through jazz's rich history with artists like billy holiday Miles Davis, and 
more. Listen live at WGMUradio.com and Mason Cable Channel 8.2. This is WGMU, your voice amplified. WGMU, well, one thing I can say is that I'm pretty sure I lied about that being the guy who interviewed Angel and Jerry Connolly. Uh, but that's okay. I got to say, I'm pretty jealous of that guy's radio voice. Yeah. He's got a really nice uh, radio timbre. He can talk real deep, and I, I can't, my voice isn't deep enough. I can do like the nice NPR whisper. You're listening to WGMU Radio. That's pretty fun to do. But I, I, I don't have that deep, bellowing, brassy soul voice that you need Ye- to run a jazz show. That was a bit bobbishy. A little bobbishy. Yeah, if, <laughs> uh, if I must say so myself. But yeah, you got anything more to say about the Vince Guaraldi trio? The the Vincente Gerald trio? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't think so. Other than you should look up Vince Giraldi on Google, and he has a pretty tight mustache. Um, you could say I I love his mustache. All three of the Vinces have <laughs> tight <laughs> mustaches. They're all named Vince Giraldi. They all have mustaches, and they all play piano. That's why well, it's a trio. Obviously, they're all the same person. There's just three of them. I want to know who the other two in the trio are. Um, I guess we'll never know. His birth name is Vincent Anthony Delagio. It so. says associated acts Cal Jader and Boda Bola Sete. So I had to dare wager to guess that those are the two other Vincents. <laughs> well, there you go. Yep. They did spicy stuff. And hence is why we've played several Vince songs on this radio. You're right, that is a well-kept mustache, just like the mustache of the boy who consumed a slug and then got rat lungworm. Yeah, someone's maintaining that mustache. It's it's not keeping itself that closely trimmed on its own. You know, when your arms and legs don't work, how are you shaving that mustache so just... Exquisitely, Just like Ed Sheeran said in that one song. <laughs> when my hands don't work like they used to before, cause I ate a slug. <laughs> my favorite, uh, my favorite line. Yeet. <laughs> well, our next song is from Nat King Cole, another favorite around here. We do love some Nat. Uh, and it's one that surprisingly we also, according to our databases, have not played before. It's not a Christmas Nat King Cole um, song, that's why. That's true. This song is prominently featured in the 90s Little Rascals movie. However, in this case, it's sung by Nat and not by Alfalfa. So enjoy. L. It's for the way you look at me Oh, it's for the only one I see V is very, very extraordinary E is even more than anyone that you adore Can love is all that I can give to you Love is more than just a game for two Two in love can make it Take my heart and please don't break it Love was made for me and you 
is for the way you look at me. Oh, it's for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you adore can love. Is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Love was made for me and WGMU, George Mason versus radio station on WGMUradio.com and on Mason Cable Channel 8.2. That was L-O-V-E, a.k.a. Love by Nat King Cole. And that song is good. However, just like the Midwest, I do have a little bit of an issue with it. Not exactly. Um, hold on a moment. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Yeah, I got him up so, here. alrighty. Um... So, I'm not saying that it, it should be a different way because obviously the way it flows, how it is now, is the optimal way. But when he says very, very extraordinary, sometimes I feel like it's just implied that the he's going for a twofer with that <laughs> one, that very extraordinary would be V and E. Especially, well, not actually, I guess not necessarily especially because, however, if you say extraordinary yeah, as extraordinary, I think you're a fiend. Especially when you're making acronyms because it's not love it's just love. But that It's also not L-O-V-V-E-O. Nah, he's speaking Italian. He says, hey, I love you, you. That's what Nat King oh. Cole is getting at. All right. The Nat King Cole is my favorite Italian singer. <laughs> He's right up there with um, other Italian singers. I'm sure there's at least Andrea one. Andrea Bocelli? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that we have an Italian here to translate. Thank you, Isaiah. No, now no I understand. problem. <laughs> now we just need someone from Chicago to explain why they have such a stupid name. <laughs> Not Chicago. Chicago's fine. <laughs> Windy City needs some work. Middle America, okay, that's a cool one. That's like referring to income, though. What's what's that? Why why can't Middle America refer to the place and Midwest refer to income? Because they're pretty, you know, if you put their Synonymous. income on a on a scale of east to west, you 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 wouldn't want to put <laughs> their income on a scale. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Folks. <laughs> so do you have anything to add about Nat or L-O-V-E or perhaps even Alfalfa or Dear Darla? Uh, no. I Wait, what was the last part? Was uh, that from more Little Rascals? Little Rascals okay. business. Well, I do like how that song makes me think of The Sandlot. Um, Ooh, is that also in the Sandlot? I don't know, but the Sandlot <laughs> takes place in, I guess, the 50s-ish. 
Well, I, I can understand what you're going off of. There's four letters in love, and there are four plates on a baseball field. And four letters in <laughs> sand, and three letters in lot, plus a home run. <laughs> Another four. So Dang. not It's not that complex. Oh, yeah. Um, three in lot, and then two fours is three letters in that, and four letters in king and coal. <laughs> there you go. I see what you meant, but no, continue. I'm sorry. Well, if you rearrange the letters in Nat King Cole, it spells, I am Lord Voldemort. And Paul is dead. <laughs> and Paul is dead. If you play love backwards, you hear, uh, well, you don't hear satanic messages because jazz is already inherently satanic. You do hear gospel music if you play it backwards, though. <laughs> so. And you also hear backwards jazz. Which is backwards. why we played it in this episode. You're right. Backwards jazz is only one letter away from pizza if you cut off the little hook under the J. <laughs> wow. You're right. <laughs> You'll learn something new every day. Um, well, assuming you're ready to move on to our next song, if we have any very dedicated viewers out there, you'll know that we just brought up pizza because on the site MrNesbaum.com, <laughs> there is a game that features the song I Feel Good by James Brown, not with pizza, but there are tomatoes, I'm pretty sure, because it's in a restaurant. I think there's ketchup. Maybe it's just ketchup. There's at least Regardless, bread. yeah, you're right. Regardless, ketchup is fairly similar to za. So here is I Feel Good by James Brown, which Isaiah mentioned is not exactly jazz, but I think James in himself had some jazzy times at the point or another, right? Certainly. Alrighty. Well, WGMU. Wow! I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't So good, so good I got a year oh, I feel nice A sugar and spice I feel nice A sugar and spice I feel nice. A 
children's pie So nice, so nice that I got in you Wow, I feel good I knew that I wouldn't WGMU Radio, your voice amplified. And going forward. And I'm sure there's a slogan before that one, but we don't know it. Probably since, you know, Mason's been around since the 70s, kind of. It was like, get on up, was was the old WGMU uh, slogan. I was also about to say something very incorrect and say that we can still say the wrong slogan because the site still says the wrong slogan, but they have actually finally updated it. So I, I don't guess wanna... not. I wouldn't want to break any radio rules, so we got to tread lightly and no step on snack. No step on snack. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I was the person on Wikipedia who updated the slogan and the manager for the past two changes of power. Well, then that gives you right to both say the wrong slogan and say things like, we are the managers of this radio station. That's true. I could certainly do that and then link it to my Wikipedia page that I'm going to make. I just need a lot of citations. (laughs) Every time a song plays on this radio station, we make money. Even when we are the ones playing it, the money comes to us. We are the music makers. And we are the memers of memes, as they say, as Willy Wonka once said about me. Um, but that song was I Feel Good by James Brown. Like we say, we were talking about MrNesBomb.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, well, he specifically had a pirate game back in the day that had the Pirates of the Caribbean music, and it was like up for some educational gaming award, and he was shook that the feds were going to find out that he used copyrighted music. <laughs> and I feel like there's a chance he felt the same way about that song. Um, Man, he has he has apps? That's nuts. Very. Did you know that he had extended to the app store? I did not. I'm I f- got to get on that. I didn't go to your elementary school, so I, I can't say for sure. But Mr. Nesbaum seems like a cool dude. But you said you were familiar with the site, right? You've shown it to me before, yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I have at least heard of people who were at other schools who used the site as part of their curriculum. We were always a primarygames.com kind of school. Uh, Not to be confused with Jeff Kinney, who I believe was a top contributor back in the day. The fun brain. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> My Check bad. yourself same, before you say same lies thing. on the radio. We only say, yo, Mike, sorry we missed the meeting a couple days ago. Oh, uh, shoot. Did that already happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was tomorrow. 
doesn't matter. I think you are lying. We had a very specific discussion about going to Gantley instead of going to the meeting. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Oh, well. Uh, I we'll guess we don't to have to leave the dorms now. Someday. You're right. We permanently <laughs> live there. Um, I feel like there was something else about James Brown we had to say. He's got pretty cool hair. Oh, uh, you're right. It is very, <laughs> it's kind of sleazy pee type of way. Yeah, um, absolutely. But for a long time, I always thought that he was saying, I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. It, so- oh. it kind of sounds like he's saying, and I thought that like, I thought that was adding to it. He was saying that I feel good and it is fantastic because I was pretty dang convinced that I was going to feel horrible, but nonetheless, I feel fantastic. He feels Um, nice, in fact. Like sugar and spice is. And then I don't know what he says after that. So nice, so nice. I've had a new... And then it goes... The line you can't hear very well is... I look like Sleazy P. Martini. <laughs> That's probably correct. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking up the lyrics. MetroLyrics.com. Oh, there it is. I look like Sleazy P. Martini. And on Rap Genius, it actually links to Guar from that. That's interesting. Everyone I'm go look it glad up. glad they're so woke. And I'm also glad that when you say on Rap Genius, we are reading from Metro Lyrics. However, nonetheless, the link is to Guar on both sites, I'm sure. So no worries. <laughs> Do you remember when um, you couldn't read song lyrics for free? There were websites that would show you like one song lyric and it'd be like, pay our $10 a month subscription to read every song lyric you like. I don't, but I think that's also because throughout my life, I've done a very good job of talking to my brother about it a couple days ago. I tend to overlook like 98% of symbolism in anything, and I think similarly, I tend to not read into lyrics whatsoever. Really? I just belt them out and don't think about them, and in some cases, I don't even know the lyrics themselves i just, just know the make sounds. the sounds you're you're uh, good at the phonemes yeah you like bella lugosi reading his lines for dracula oh because he didn't speak the english he didn't speak any english when they filmed dracula I, he learned it eventually but when he filmed dracula he was just saying things phonetically which is why all of his inflections are bizarre or scary I believe one of the Chilean miners who got trapped down below however many years ago, I think that was in like middle school or something, mm-hmm. um, was a big fan of Elvis. And I remember hearing something about them lowering down an iPod so he could listen to Elvis from deep within the earth, from deep within the <laughs> death glitch. Uh, and I think I heard something about how he is. He, there's like videos of him singing Elvis songs in English, even though he doesn't know English. So he's just making Elvis noises. That's intense. And we we will permit time to talk about the mining incident if you've got anything to say. However, we have more than half of the songs remaining and a third of the episode remaining. So, man, all right, yeah, I I don't have much else to say. Uh, <laughs> shout out to all of the Chileans making it back up top. That was pretty alive, and I was right; it was middle school. And that um, Chilean's name was Albert Einstein. You're right. Uh, also, Paul pointed out that 
a popular, well, I don't know, not necessarily popular. I hadn't heard of him before he sent the message, but popular Italian singer is Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I guess he's right. Uh, but our next song is Rhapsody in Blue, not by George Gershwin, because we really at this point don't have time for 15-minute songs, <laughs> but by Duke Ellington, because his version is 420, man. <laughs>
WGMU. That was Rhapsody in Blue by someone or other, not Gershwin. Uh, Duke Ellington, of course. Nice. Um, so yeah, another another jazz standard for you guys. Uh, and while it wasn't by the OG composer, uh, Duke Ellington is certainly no one to sneeze at, as they say. And that's true. Um, he he really hated it when people sneezed on him. A little insider information <laughs> from something different. Uh, back in the day, that was the theme song of United Airlines. Uh, so I hope that all that got y'all all in the spirit to fly, not in Spirit Airlines, but in the spirit of flight, especially after that incident with the the good suck out the window <laughs> a couple days ago. Um, so yeah, although that was not United or Spirit Airlines, but oh bother as Pooh would say. The Irish airline, oh bothers. <laughs> um, yeah, Rhapsody in Blue was also the theme of one of the short films in Fantasia, I want to say 2000. It might have been the original Fantasia, the Fantasia. Um, I don't know, not worth looking up. But the... Uh, the only other thing I really have to say about Rhapsody in Blue is I like that song, but it was composed and played by like an orchestra, mm-hmm. and I think the the real jazz folks, the real jazz cats and beatniks, they do it all themselves. Yeah, they, well, they don't necessarily do it all themselves, but it's heavily improvised. That's how you know it's real jazz when you just have a lead sheet and they're like, these are the chords you should play like every now and again. Like there's there's all sorts of weird music notation for jazz because so much of it's improvised like i've seen shape notation um where they just draw shapes and they're like place play something that sounds sort of like a triangle like the sound of triangle or they'll just like write approximately 15 seconds of improv in the bars instead of any notes it's just uh it's a great time john cage pioneered a lot of uh he wasn't a jazz musician he was a just wacky avant-garde musician and I guess probably classical composer. You probably don't get to be famous for writing four minutes and 33 seconds of silence if you haven't already established yourself as someone who can write music. So I don't know. Well, you know who can write music and also sits in silence? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that's my a lie. I've never heard a good song by them. So, So it's not my car radio? <laughs> Well, that is what I was going for, but in my <laughs> opinion, their music is not fantastic. Vente Uno Pilotos? Yeah. No, I agree. Not a fan. Um, something you've pointed out before is that we should put all of our songs in at the beginning so we know exactly how much time we have to talk. And basically, <laughs> as we've done every show this season, we didn't do that. So we, we talked do need for to be 30 skedaddling. Yeah, about the first three. That's okay. It's been great conversation. It is time for another commercial, however, so we will be right back on WGMU. Proudly broadcasting from our nation's capital. Smooth Jazz 105.9. This is WJZW Woodbridge, an ABC radio station. Smooth Jazz 105.9. WGMU. 
George Mason University's radio station, a.k.a. Smooth Jazz 105.9 for this episode. However, the number one smooth jazz station in all of Woodbridge, smooth jazz patients and adults. <laughs> um, I guess we didn't wind up including any smooth jazz in this episode, which is my personal favorite genre of jazz. However, I guess what was in that ad can be counted. So we're good on that front and we can keep moving things right along. <laughs> Uh, to what's our next tune, Isaiah? Oh, man. Well, this next tune is going to knock your socks off. It's something called reharming, where they take a pop song and they just cram it full of complex jazz chords that don't need to be there at all, and it's superb. So coming up, we have Want to Want Me, which is a originally, what, a Jason Derulo or something song? Oh, yeah, something like that. Uh, by the jazz rock fusion group Sungazer. Originally, it was called Creeper Got Us Fine in Love, and then <laughs> and then they made it into a jazz song, and you got this. It's too hard to sleep.
WGMU. That was uh, that was "Want to Want Me" by Sungazer, fantastic jazz rock fusion band. Sungazer's, uh, I guess, bass player. I can't really say front man, but their bass player does a lot of really good YouTube videos on jazz theory. I'd recommend checking out, uh, which you can find if you just look up Sungazer. They're usually linked from their videos. Um, but more importantly, that was jazz rock fusion, which we might someday do a full episode on, but it's not really goofy enough to have like a very entertaining episode. It's just like dank music. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but you know, in case we don't check out return to forever, um, check out, um, other bands. Oh, Victor Wooten. He's, he's famous for saying, you can't hold no groove if you ain't got no pocket. Don't know what that means, but it's pretty critical, and he has a whole bass like based around that sentence. It means salt peanuts, salt peanuts. It's similar. It's a. It's a certainly a similar sentiment. <laughs> there's if there's one thing I've learned from regular jazz, it's that if you want to be a real jazz musician, you gotta smoke a cigarette while playing a wind instrument, like at the same time, and then frown a lot while you're doing it. But if you want to be a jazz rock fusion guy, you got to like have really long curly hair and play an electric organ and just say wild and weird things about castles and grooves. <laughs> and then you're good. That's that's the way to do it. You heard it here first. Absolutely. I'm glad we've got the James of jazz fusion <laughs> at WGMU. Uh, we do have to keep quickly skedaddling however we are at the point of the episode where nothing remains but crankers and incidentally all of the best jazz comes from various forms of animated things so the next four are entirely from animated things and i'm glad we saved them for the very end up first we've got dolphin shoals by shiho fuji
WGMU. I, I know I said earlier that all the best avant-garde artists screamed into saxophones for 45 minutes, but Shiho Fuji s- makes the saxophone scream into you. And that's that's the mark of a true, excellent improviser. Ye- uh, all this time, we assumed that the best jazz musician of all time would come from at least somewhere in America, but boy, were we wrong. Man. Uh, I would say it's bold of Louisiana to take all the credit when realistically, I guess Nintendo headquarters probably isn't in Tokyo, but uh, let's check out where it is. Maybe Kyoto or something. Um, Kyoto. Nice. I swear I said that before the result came up. Good looks. Um, Okay, that is the only Nintendo song in these four. Uh, but there is two TV show songs remaining and something so special I won't even spoil it. Do you have anything to say about Mario Kart? I guess we do have a I think Wii was... U kiosk. We've probably yeah. talked about it on here before. It's been locked away for a year now. Yep, it's... unfortunately, just like the whiteboard. But if we somehow manage to make a house work out, uh, you can bet they'll both be there. I hope. That would... <laughs> Man, that would be the the move. Yeet. But we'll find out. Uh, it's it's like uh, one of those outdoor cats. It's not meant to be cooped up inside. It's got to be inside of a building that we own. <laughs> You're right. Uh, <laughs> just like this next song, which also has to do with cats, although not exactly. It's just from a TV. And by from, I mean it was in a TV show featuring a cat. What's that, Isaiah? It was from Tom and Jerry, and if you will, I'd like you all to picture Tom himself swooning um, another, you know, just a the, the most delightful kitty cat you've ever seen. Tom, Tom's got hearts in his eyes, and his heart's beating out of his chest so hard you can see the little, little romance Valentine's Day heart making an impression right through his ribcage. I want to check myself first. But there, uh, oh, I guess she, yeah. Maybe she's a mouse, I don't know. No, I guess she is a cat. But yeah, uh, I would dare say some characters in Tom and Jerry are a little borderline between species. Also, has it ever occurred to you that Tom is named Tom because there are such a, there's no Jerry mouses though, as far as I've met. Well, there's gerrymandering, which is similar. And, and, uh, Jerry is much closer to being a man than Tom because he's very clearly a lot smarter. Wow. His real, his full name is Gerald, which makes a lot more sense. There are Gerald mice. Okay. <laughs> it's it's all coming back to me now. Uh, we can do some more Tom and Jerry research, but we'll let the audience listen to Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby by Ira Woods on WGMU. But I love her I'm gonna ask her Is you wills Or is you ain't my baby The way you acting lately Makes me down You is still my baby, baby See my flame in your heart's done go now A woman is a creature 
WGMU, George Mason versus radio station. That was, you can say it this time, Isaac, because I don't want to steal all the fun of getting to say it. That was, is you is, or is you ain't my baby. Nice. And that was originally by Louis Jordan, or possibly even Louis Jordan, because Louis Armstrong was spelled like Louis and just chose to pronounce it as Louis. So who will know? The audience of something different will not because we have six minutes remaining and another two songs to go. Um, we're doing some research on D. Bradley Baker, who voiced Jerry at one point in something. There have been like 30 people that have voiced Jerry. But most importantly, as I knew, D. Bradley Baker voiced Olmec in Legends of the Hidden Temple. And we are just now finding out that he also voices Squilliam, um Flats the flat or no Flats dad, but more importantly, who are the other two? We just oh, he's the sea bear and the sea rhino. He's the fish that goes hoopla, <laughs> and he is also Perch Perkins and Bubble Bath. And so he is also the chair and the house in the episode where SpongeBob's house catches on fire while he's asleep. I saw that earlier. Ooh, and he's Monty P. Moneybags, the... <laughs> oh, the, the art, the famous <laughs> art purchase purchasing guy? Yes. Man, oh, man. And it, perhaps if we're lucky, he's even the voice of, Why would you stop playing such beautiful music? <laughs> uh, because I feel like his voice is kind of similar to Moneybags. He's just like every character that shows up for one episode and says something weird that's like that's him he's the one who did that mm-hmm. he's he's a clam he's a salesman he's he's a jack of all trades <laughs> he uh, went to clam college is what i'm saying <laughs> i'm glad we got to inform the people of that and speaking of spongebob that leads nicely what into this is next our one. next one well this next one 
is a song from Cowboy Bebop, as well as SpongeBob, mostly SpongeBob. If you listen closely, you'll catch it. It's about two minutes and 30 seconds in. The song is called Pressure Point, and this is how you guys are going to get a firm appreciation for freeform jazz.
WGMU. I hope all of our listeners have acquired a taste for freeform jazz throughout the span of that. I bet none of them had ever heard the full version of that. <laughs> uh, if John is listening, I made him listen to the full version at one point. But really? Yeah. It's really good. I, I, oh, I've, John Shudica? Yes, Shudica. Um, I would say, I would dare go so as far to say as I have acquired a taste for freeform jazz just from that song alone, even though it's not terribly freeform. It is terribly jazz. (laughs) I agree. Um, You got anything else to say about that? We are one minute over. I don't. Jeez, oh man. Other than uh, our final song before the hint is going to be pretty pretty spicy. Absolutely. We saved the best for last. Somehow, I almost doubt it that we have never played this song. We've played so many other goofy ones in the same vein, but according to our records, we have not played this. Would you like to introduce it, Isaiah? I would love to. This is the Monsters Incorporated theme song by Randy Newman. WGMU, George Mason versus Radio Station. We are not entirely sure if we have not played that because in our databases for the monster episode in the second Halloween season of the show, um, and by that I mean the first because the first year we didn't do a full season or full month of Halloween. Yep. However, um, we played short people because it was the Monsters episode, obviously. Um, And usually we make our spreadsheets a single column with all the relevant info, but for some reason on this one we have two separate columns. 
one of which has two Randy songs, one of them being the Monsters, Inc. theme. Perhaps we decided to cut one. I only have one Randy song. However, I also can't see us doing that. (laughs) So we'll never really know, but we can say for sure that we have played it now. So fear not. I'm hip. That's that's all I can say, really. I mean, that was the epitome of freeform jazz, uh, as it's called by John Shudica. Absolutely. John Shudica wanted us to inform our viewers that Pressure Point was as freeform and jazz as it gets. Uh, it's a direct quote. And on that, I is there anything else left to say? I don't think so. We've covered it all pretty well. I think we played all the jazz there is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, with the sole exception of the Scatman, John, uh, Louis duo. And the, the music from the Weather Channel Doppler radar. But we got some of that in in the Vapor the vapor Bave uh, episode, right? That's true. We did get that in the Vaporwave episode, so I would dare say we're good. I think we're good. All right. Well... Enjoy the hint song. I guess we'll see you guys next week for our final episode of the semester. And we'll be back in August after that one, I guess, or maybe September. We'll see. We will have to see. I'm Andrew. I'm Zaya. This is Something Different and our final song. The hint is Autumn Leaves by Eric Clapton. Good looks. The fallen leaves Drift by my window The autumn leaves Of red and gold The sunburned hands I used to
soon I'll hear winter song. But I miss you most of all, my darling. Yes, I miss you most of all, my darling. When autumn leaves start to fall.